Welcome to PQ Talk on Call, a podcast dedicated to current and aspiring intensivists. I'm Pradeep Kamat. And I'm Rahul Demania, and we are coming to you from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Emory University School of Medicine. Welcome to our PQ Doc on Call mini case series. In our first episode, we present a 12-year-old female with tachycardia. Here's the case. A 12-year-old female presents to the PQ with chest discomfort. She was noted to be anxious by her parents over the past few days. The parents felt she was a bit off as she would constantly drop items and have a tremor. A few weeks prior to these symptoms, she was noted to have rhinorrhea, congestion, and a progressive neck swelling. Parents became increasingly concerned as this morning she was febrile to a temp of 104. Her parents, she was agitated throughout the night and then in early morning became increasingly somnolent. To summarize key elements from this case, the patient has chest pain, likely due to a musculoskeletal cause or cardiac etiology, a tremor, likely due to a primary neurologic cause or increased metabolic drive, neck swelling with fever after a prodrome of URI symptoms, which could be concerning for lymphadenitis or thyroid goiter, and synthesizing these symptoms together, this patient likely has a systemic etiology such as hyperthyroidism, the most severe manifestation of it being thyroid storm, but it's also important to consider other differentials such as atoxidrome, rarely a pheochromocytoma, and given the fever and altered mental status, considering sepsis is key. Let's transition into some history and physical exam components of this case. So Pradeep, what are key history features in this child who presents with tachycardia and signs of hyperthyroidism? In this patient, Rahul, I would be concerned about her high fevers. She has a temperature of up to 104. I would also be concerned about her mental status. She has uh, had agitation throughout the night and now is presenting in stupor and what appears to be comatose. I would also be concerned about her neck swelling, which is considered consistent with a thyroid goiter. Pradeep, are there some red flag symptoms or physical exam components which you could highlight in a patient with severe hyperthyroidism? Rahul, in any patient that presents to the ICU as an intensivist, I'm always worried about their airway. In this patient who has a goiter, it is an anterior neck mass, and it can definitely compromise airway in case we have to intubate this patient. I would see if the patient has any symptoms of dyspnea or strider when we lay the patient supine. I would also highly encourage to do a melampathy assessment in this patient. A thing that we often forget in any patient with a neck mass is to auscultate the neck and to evaluate for a brewery. Next, I would be worried about her cardiovascular system. Any patient with a thyroid storm can have a congestive heart failure. They also can have cardiac dysrhythmias, and this happens due to the proarrhythmogenic effect of the excess thyroid hormone. Widened pulse pressure is common on e- initial evaluation, and it is important to note that any patient who presents with thyroid storm may have a tachycardia that is often out of proportion to their fever. Now, given thyroid storm is a clinical diagnosis, there are few diagnostic scoring criteria which have been in her favor. The American Thyroid Association has advocated to consider using the scoring systems to diagnose thyroid storm clinically in patients with severe thyrotoxicosis. The Birch and Wartofsky diagnostic criteria consists of a 130-point scoring system and includes many criteria. So listen up here. Number one, 
thermoregulatory dysfunction. Next, central nervous system effects. Third, gastrointestinal or hepatic dysfunction. And as a side note, if involved, bodes a poor prognosis. Cardiovascular dysfunction in the form of tachycardia or congestive heart failure. And the presence or absence of a precipitant history. In our patient, this was a URI, but patients can also have underlying thyroid conditions. Now, with the scoring system, the magic number is 45. If you have a score greater than or equal to 45, this is highly suggestive of thyroid storm. Now, Pradeep, interestingly, as I was doing some reading, a case control study published in 2015 in the Journal of Endocrinology noted that this scoring system may actually over-diagnose up to 20% of patients with thyroid storm. Rahul, that's awesome information. Now, to continue with our case, the patient's labs were consistent with a low TSH and elevated free T4, indicating a primary hyperthyroidism. She also had an elevated total T3. Eventually, the patient's TSH receptor antibodies, or TRAB for short, came back positive. And in the context of elevated thyroid hormones and undetectable TSH, this is appropriate and the appropriate clinical presentation, the diagnosis of thyroid storm is confirmed. Other laboratory findings in this patient included an elevated white blood cell count, a high ALT and AST consistent with liver dysfunction, elevated glucose, and elevated cortisol. The cardiac evaluation in this patient was notable for sinus tachycardia with occasional PACs. Other labs which we should obtain in this patient include a coagulation panel, especially if there is hepatic dysfunction. I would also get a BNP, lactate, in the setting of cardiovascular compromise. Inflammatory markers such as CRP, Procal, will be helpful along with a blood culture if you suspect a bacterial co-infection given the high fevers. And finally, a basic metabolic panel and a CBC, as mentioned before. Okay, to summarize... We have a 12-year-old female who presented initially with chest pain, fever, neck swelling, and altered mentation. This brings up the concern for thyroid storm, which is the topic of our discussion today. Rahul, let's start with a short multiple choice question. A patient with thyroid storm is admitted to the PICU. She has started on thyroid modulating therapy. Which of the following mechanisms of action does this medication likely work by? A. Activate thyroid peroxidase. B, inhibit thyroid peroxidase. C, inhibit iodine uptake within the thyroid. Or D, increase conversion from T4 to T3. Rahul, I think the correct answer is B, inhibit thyroid peroxidase. The most likely medication which is used in thyroid storm is methimazole or propylthyroursal. Both of these medications block thyroid peroxidase, the rate-limiting enzyme in thyroid synthesis. As you think about a case, Rahul, what would be in your differential? Well, broadly speaking, you want to think about other causes of fever, tachycardia, and CNS dysfunction. Now, these include but are not limited to sepsis, serotonin syndrome or neuroleptic malignant syndrome, heat stroke, or a drug intoxication, such as anticholinergic syndrome. Remember that these patients are hot as a hair, mad as a hatter. Pradeep, if you had to work up this patient with thyroid storm, what would be your diagnostic approach? I would always focus on the history and a physical examination on any patient presenting with thyroid storm because thyroid storm is a clinical diagnosis. However, some labs and other tests may help you. I would start with a thyroid function tests. I would also do a cardiac evaluation with uh, an EKG and an echo. 
I would also do a chest X-ray of uh, looking for infection given a high fever. I would also do a blood culture and a urine analysis with reflux to culture. More importantly, I would get an AP and lateral neck radiograph to really look for any airway compression from a goiter. If our history, physical, and diagnostic investigation led us to thyroid storm as our diagnosis, Rahul, what would be your general management framework in this patient? Well, Pradeep, in general, management of thyroid storm involves a multimodal approach to quickly block thyroid hormone production and action, reverse systemic decompensation, and identify and treat any underlying cause and precipitants of thyroid storm. I think this is a good time to mention that you really want to have optimal communication between the pediatric endocrinology team and ICU staff. Let's first just comment on acute resuscitative measures in the PICU or acute care setting. First, you must consider aggressive cooling measures for the hyperthermia. This is in the form of antipyretics such as acetaminophen, as well as external cooling with cooling blankets. You want to use IV fluids to optimize cardiovascular function and hemodynamics, and you want to consider starting stress dose steroids early, as these patients may have a relative adrenal insufficiency due to their thyroid storm, and corticosteroids may potentially decrease the conversion of T4 to the active form T3. Rahul, let's go into the specific elements of management of this patient. How would you treat thyroid storm? Well, Pradeep, in my reading, I think that the management of thyroid storm is summarized using the five Bs. Number one, block synthesis of thyroid hormone with anti-thyroid medications like propothiouracil or methibazole. Let me pause right here and go into a little bit more detail. The American Thyroid Association suggests that propothiouracil is a preferred anti-thyroid medication for thyroid storm because it not only inhibits thyroid peroxidase, but it inhibits the peripheral conversion of T4 to T3. You can remember that propothiouracil blocks peripheral conversion. It is really high yield to note that these medications can also cause agranulocytosis, which can make your patients actually vulnerable to infections. And in a recent study in children, propothiouracil was actually noted to increase the risk of liver failure. So this is really important given your clinical state. All right, going back to the five Bs, you want to block release of thyroid hormone with inorganic iodine. This form of management essentially is related to competitive inhibition of iodine uptake into the thyroid gland. You next want to block conversion of T4 into T3, and this can be achieved with use of corticosteroids as well as beta blockers. Finally, the last B is related to beta blockers and blocking the peripheral effects of thyroid hormone. You want to use nonspecific beta blockers such as propranolol as well as cardioselective beta blockers such as atenolol, which may blunt the arrhythmogenic component that excess thyroid hormone carries with it. Yeah, Rahul, that was an excellent summary of management of thyroid storm. I'm just going to add to that. uh, There was a 2010 study which advocated for cholestyramine, which works in the gut and blocks the iodine uptake. So that would be less iodine going to the thyroid gland. Excellent point, Pradeep. And excellent case. Let's conclude with some key takeaways. So thyroid storm is a clinical diagnosis. It's a constellation of thermoregulatory dysfunction manifesting as high fever, 
Central nervous system effects, which can manifest as agitation, delirium, stupor, or coma. Gastrointestinal hepatic dysfunction and cardiovascular dysfunction, which can present as congestive heart failure or arrhythmias. There may or may not be a preceding trigger such as URI. Management of thyroid storm uh, involves the Bs. Block the thyroid hormone synthesis, block iodine uptake in the thyroid gland, block the formation of T3 in the form of corticosteroids. Finally, recognize that the goiter could potentially create airway compromise, and having an intubation plan in conjunction with anesthesia team is essential for optimal outcomes. This concludes our PICU mini case series episode on thyroid storm. We hope you found value in our short case-based podcast. We welcome you to share your feedback, subscribe, and place a review on our podcast. Please visit our website, PICUDocOnCall.org, which showcases our episodes as well as our Doc on Call management cards. PICUDocOnCall is co-hosted by myself, Dr. Rahul Damania, and my mentor, Dr. Pradeep Kamath. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.